Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Steady says... Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who make peace, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For there's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in the kingdom of heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So the people who came, the people who were there on the mount, and the disciples themselves, these were not winners. These were the off-scourings of the culture. These were the poor, the lame, the hurting, the hungry, the thirsty. And these were those who seemed to have so little anyway, and he says to them, blessed are you when you are persecuted. This is not, you know, how to how to make friends and influence people. This is not the kind of messianic message that we anticipated. Instead, we get something that constitutes the real thing. Pardon me, that beeping. I am so sorry. Technology is our friend until it doesn't work, and then it's, you know how it is. That's our phone, and uh, it's way up there, and it's a, it's a, it means there's a message on the phone, so please try to bear with me as I try to preach over the top of that beeping. <laughs> and so Jesus speaks to his people, preparing them for this tough beatitude of being persecuted, of being on the hard side of others around us, being on the hard side of culture. He said, blessed are the merciful, be merciful toward others. Be long-suffering. Care for those people who are harsh with you. Don't be so judgmental. Be merciful. Take care of one another. Show mercy, which is a discipline. We all know judgmentalism, being judgmental toward others, doesn't take any discipline at all. It comes really easy. I won't give you my latest example, but I, it comes really easy. Being merciful is hard. Being merciful takes work. So Jesus tells us to be merciful, to, to go to that work, to try, to try to morph our way of thinking and our way of reacting so that we respond with, with mercy rather than that, that judgment that is so easy to deal, to meet out and to deal with. Then he says, blessed are the pure in heart, 
This is not so much about not having any sin in us. Jesus takes care of that. But pure in heart has to be, has, has, has a, a meaning that has to do with being unalloyed, unmixed in our thinking. So that as we, in our relationship with God, don't confuse our relationship with God with stuff, with all the many things that can get in the way of seeing God clearly. So as the blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. Oftentimes we can't see God because our, our vision is so cluttered. Our thinking is so full of our own stuff. We are, with our life, alloyed. We, we mix it up. And, and so we, we fail to see clearly the, the very presence and the power of God in our daily lives. I mean, you know how this is. There are times in your days when suddenly something happens where you see something or you see someone and somehow that image, that person, that sight impacts you. And you, you have a deep sense that there's beauty and there's meaning and there's purpose in this. That's a moment of a pureness of heart in which we can see the gifts of God and we can see the giver behind those gifts. I've spoken before of growing up in Southern California and getting up and on Saturdays and driving my car up to a high place in Riverside so I could look out to Mount Baldy at 10,000 feet. Somehow, looking in Mount Baldy, about 40 miles away, beautiful at this time of year, covered with snow, somehow I had a sense that I could see so clearly. Nothing else was obscuring my view. Somehow I had that sense of longing that was the presence of God breaking through. So moments where our hearts are pure, we can see God. And then the next beatitude is, blessed are the peacemakers. Not only are we, are we to be merciful, not only are we to see clearly, but then we are to see that our calling and our responsibility is to be making peace with one another doing what we can for our side of things, to, to make things right, to be in a right relationship with one another. And how hard that is because, as I say, it's so easy to judge. It's so hard to be, to be merciful, to break through our pride and to make peace with, with another. And then the tough one. Blessed are you when others persecute you for righteousness' sake. Meaning, blessed are you when you, because of your relationship with me, are suffering some kind of rejection, some kind of exclusion. Because you have a relationship with me, to use the modern term, you're being canceled. You're being excluded. And blessed are you when others revile you. <laughs> doesn't sound, doesn't feel blessed. Doesn't feel good to be reviled or excluded or rejected or on the outside. We all want to be in the inner ring. 
We all want to belong. None of us want to be left out. But Jesus says, blessed are you when you go through such times. And that was the experience of the early Christians. Were there not a resurrection, the early church would have scattered as they did and stayed scattered, and we never would have heard of it. But instead, the, the church had this experience of the risen Christ that they actually laid their eyes on him and their lives were changed. And that wasn't just sort of a, uh, a shared subjective impression. It wasn't just a feeling. Oh, did you feel it? Yeah, I felt it too. This was an, a real concrete experience of the risen Christ. They saw him and Jesus came to them and he ate with them. He presented his transformed flesh to them. They were changed. And not long after, in the mid-50s, when Nero was the Caesar over Rome, and the Christians were this beleaguered, tiny minority in Rome, but they were, they were a standout because they stood and they spoke against the horrific oppression of Rome. And the, the nature and the very word of the gospel was contrary to everything that was going on in the Roman Empire. And so you know the story about the fire. And of course, there's all kinds of historical debate about who really did it. Did, did Rome really burn at the hand of Nero? And, and did, he, did he fiddle? Did he play his violin while, while Rome burned? Well, the oldest witnesses declare, yes, he did. That he set the place on fire so he could make it his own. So he could... Exude, exude his own ego into the city of, of Rome. But there was a backlash and they began to blame him for it. And so Nero turned and blamed this tiny group of tough young men and women, the Christians. Blamed them for the burning of Rome. And then he went on from there. He had many of them captured, sewn up in the skins of animals, and put before dogs who savaged them. Others he took and he poured wax over them, hung them on stakes leading into his garden and ignited them while he and his friends ate and drank. It was under Nero that both Paul and Peter were martyred. And the words of that hymn that I had put up as we were sitting down, by the light of burning martyrs, Christ, thy bleeding feet we track. Once to every man and nation comes the moment to decide. Stand on the right of good or evil. Stand with the good. Oddly enough, 
That hymn, which was one of the great hymns of the abolitionist movement, was excluded <laughs> from the Presbyterian Church's hymnal because they couldn't make it politically correct enough. They couldn't do anything with that once to every man and nation. I remember arguing with one of the people who was on that committee, and that was the explanation. One of the great hymns of the church. One of the great testimonies to those who were ignited to light Nero's garden. But then the church is not innocent either. In association with power, which has always the church has been always been the church's downfall. The church imposed some strict standards of orthodoxy. And when Galileo looked through his telescope and saw that the telescope or that the moon was solid matter and not ethereal matter as was expected with as Aristotelian philosophy and was had become a canon of the of the Catholic Church at that time. He was brought in and told to renounce because what he was teaching, because he was saying that it was not the sun that was going up and down around the, the earth, which they were saying was the middle of the universe, but the earth was going around the sun. Because he refused to renounce that, they were going to hold him guilty of heresy and kill him. So to save his own life before the council, he renounced himself. Galileo admitted he was wrong. He said, for the future, I will never more say or assert, either by word or by writing, anything that shall give occasion for a like suspicion. And as the council was dismissed, he was overheard speaking to one of his colleagues and said, the earth goes around the sun. But because he didn't fit into the pre-existing narrative of those in power, he was being excluded. He was being persecuted. And so God's people, God's children, have had to stand and, and speak the truth in love wherever they have been at all times. And a more recent example a kid, 18-year-old kid named Lake Engel, a ministry student at a college in Pennsylvania. And he was in one of his classes toward his religious studies major. And the professor showed a TED talk in which they declared that there were all kinds of genders and they had to renounce, um, you know, white supremacy, male supremacy, this supremacy and that supremacy. And when this TED talk was over, the professor asked all of the student women first to comment. And nobody said anything. And then he spoke up. And he said, it is my firmest belief 
pardon me, I've, I've failed to correct, i failed to copy the right, the right quote here. But what he, what he declared at such a time is, he said, biologists affirm that there are only two genders, male and female. He didn't even refer to the scriptures. He said, biologists affirm, and we know this just genetically, anatomically, that there are only two genders. And he said also, he, he called into question the, the wage gap. That's a statistical thing that constitutes anyone, that anyone can argue over once you pull all the statistics together. But he argued against it, and the professor threw him out of class and took him to the administration to be thrown out of class because he dared to stand up against the dominant narrative and the ideology that was being taught at the school at that time. He's a kid. But he stood. And he spoke. But because he did, he was being thrown out. Well, this went through a, one of those faculty-type trials, and they decided to reinstate him. But he said, it is my firmest belief that every human being has the freedom and right to identify, dress, and represent oneself as they see fit. I think this is all an attempt to silence my views personally because they contradict the ones the professor pushes so vehemently. And as you know, this is just one example. It's going on all the time, more and more all the time. But whenever there is an occasion for power to take over, and to maintain one's power. And we saw this in the first century when Jesus was standing up against the religious authorities who were in association with Rome. Their effort was to silence Jesus. Then it was to silence his disciples for the maintenance of their own position and power. So there's nothing new about what is going on in our time and our culture today. This whole movement to silence people because they don't agree with whatever constitutes the dominant ideology. And ideologies that, I mean, this gender thing is so anti-science, it's mind-boggling. Not only anti-biblical, but it's anti-science. And so to stand up and say, no, there are just just two genders. To get thrown out of class? To be excluded because of that? Well, this is perhaps the time that the church is entering into. And it may well be that the church must lovingly, carefully, and caringly, mercifully, with peacemaking at heart, not compromise, not cave to the pressure, but to speak the truth in love. At best, to speak the truth while maintaining one's humor, humility, love, and care. But we don't just go along to get along. The church's existence for 2,000 years has been a minority voice. And so it persists to this day. So what does it mean? So if we're persecuted, 
<laughs> Great. That kid thrown out of class. Great. Mom, Dad, what do I do? Lord, what do I do? I'm all alone. I'm stuck. I don't know if you saw the moon last night as it came up. It looked like a pancake in the sky when it was just above the horizon. Magnificent. And I was so touched and moved. I went out onto the back patio, just pulled out one of those plastic chairs and sat out there and prayed. Because in the midst of whatever is going on, I knew that God is still the Lord. God is still in charge. That the Lord undergirds all of this. And he holds us. And that ultimately, the Lord God and his way and his children, it's not that we will win, but everyone will win. It will be a great consummation of all history in which God brings together all those children who simply assert that yes, they accept this love with which they have been loved. But until this time comes, until our Lord returns, we live in this time in between. A great pastor during the Second World War in Germany who managed to keep pulpits during the time when SS was sitting in the congregation making sure that the pastors were saying things that were acceptable to their current and dominant narrative at that time. Making sure that everything was acceptable. He managed to preach in such a way to get it under their radar. And he was still brought in and questioned, but he still managed to keep his pulpits, but he moved from place to place to place. But when it was all over, and his people were <sighs> relaxed, finally were safe and secure, preaching on this passage, Helmut Tilica said, we are not safe. We are not secure. For one thing is sure, we are not facing an abyss that is locked and closed forever. The beast has yet to, to arise from it in all its magnitude. Inevitably, it will come upon us. Again, we are not facing closed abysses, but we can count on an open heaven and the jubilant chorus of the saints in light whose songs come forth to meet us. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Because the Lord is with you. The Lord stands behind you and before you and aside to you. And heaven breaks in and accompanies you. And your voice joins with the, the angels and the archangels of heaven and all the saints who've gone before us, who forever proclaim the glory of the Lord's name.
But until that day, they say at the altar of God, how long, O Lord, how long? We have all kinds of things that afflict us. And I grieve for the many afflictions that we endure in our congregation amongst one another, our loved ones, and we pray for each other, and we uphold one another. We must do this to stay strong because we continue to be his witnesses, the witnesses that bear the presence of Christ to other people. Oddly, the word for witness is the same word for martyr. Let's pray together. Father, you, you sent your son not to bring some ideology, but to embody yourself among us so that we would know we are never alone, that you are with us, your presence empowers us, and everything that we do is being caught up into your grand purpose. Lord, we give you thanks and ask that we might be found faithful. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.